John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, the three are back together for Million Dollar Agent. <laughs> and get ready for this audience. Get ready for this. This is our one millionth and um, is this one millionth download, Troy? Explain the numbers. We've got to yeah. get this. <laughs> yeah, so over the weekend at Arik, or last weekend, on the Monday mm-hmm. morning, we ticked over one million plays on the statistics on so our So what does that podcast. mean, one million plays? Is that one million people, one million downloads? It means that I've spent a lot of time on my iPhone just pressing play and <laughs> repeating the episodes. No, it essentially <laughs> means uh, a million uh, plays of episodes. So our user group, our, our, our viewers, our, um, our followers on... Uh, iTunes and Buzzsprout and all the older places we post the episodes have followed and played it a million times. So we're a little bit over now, a million and three. Well, I, th- I think Tom, that deserves a great thank you to our listeners and audience. Yeah. That's you know, so great. That's all of them being um, being interested, and I think also um, apologise that we were off here for kind of a week or two, which was probably the result. Tom, I know you were overseas in in Greece. Love to hear about that. I had to go to China with realestate.com.au. Our Wonderful sponsors, and we went for a board meeting over there, which was fascinating. And then, of course, we had Eric. So there was a few things that uh, that really got in the way there. So apologies to our listeners that we were uh, we we're off air a little bit, and it's great that some people actually noticed. <laughs> um, yes, well, actually, um, that matters, isn't it, Troy? The fact that people were saying, and and they said it to me last week when I, after Eric, I was doing um, some work in Queensland. They said. You weren't on the podcast for the last few weeks. And all of a sudden, like at the end of the day, you only really matter if people miss you in life, isn't it? When you think about it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It is true. <laughs> at least someone misses us. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so um, look, this is a, a, a great session for us to get together because as uh, John has said, due to the time zones, we weren't able to get together and we've tried, we've made a conscious effort that when we're available in the one city at the one time to actually do it face to face because we know that the quality um, is just a little bit better but we didn't want to miss this opportunity and we are in remote places today, we didn't want to miss this opportunity to take advantage of what um, many are saying was the most transformational real estate conference that they've ever been to. It was certainly the largest number of ARIC attendees at four and a half thousand. John, you've got to be, John, you've got to be super proud to actually mm. see something manifest from 200 people when it first got, I think it was 223 people was the number yeah. um, when they got together 20 years ago. And to actually see four and a half thousand people there in one room, it's a bit like watching a building go from, you know, um, its foundations up to a, a finished product. And I know for you, it's not a finished product. You want Eric to go for a long time. Yeah, we, we've made a commitment each year, Tom, and, and hopefully those that were there this year would, would say we've, we've, we've achieved it, which is every year should be better than the last year, which is easy initially, but as you get further and further and, and more advanced and more advanced, it does become more challenging. But uh, I think 20th anniversary, there was a bit of a special feeling about it, which was great. Four and a half thousand people, which is the second biggest in the world, which we are very proud of. And uh, and the girls, uh, Nicola, Shah, um, Bella, did a fantastic job. So delighted. And of course, Tom, you were brilliant as MC and Troy, the support. So it was a really good team effort. Um, and uh, so hopefully, if any of our listeners have not been to Eric, please come next year. We'll remind you as we get closer. And for those that came again, thank you very much for coming. It was a it was a it was a blast. And uh, I think today we're actually going to dwell on it a little bit, aren't we, and uh, and talk about yeah. what were the highlights 
for each of yeah, us. Yeah, we're, we're going to do that for um, uh, to remind people, when, those that were there, those that weren't there, we're going to give you an insight into just some of the ideas. And also sometimes people, um, Troy and John, the notes that they take, uh, sometimes hearing it again in a podcast or a reminder helps them crystallise some of their own notes that they took. Um, I don't know, look, two days, and we're not going to single out and say that this speaker was better than uh, another speaker, so we're probably just going to touch on, like, top takeaways that mm. you got, things that resonated with you. Um, so, I don't know. Either Troy, you, how about what? you start? Because I know you were very, very focused on almost every speaker. I mean, yeah. So if you had to name a few that really left an impression and perhaps some of their insights that uh, that you were able to uh, recall or you noted down. Yeah, there was so many highlights. I mean, the, the quality this year, I know we say it every year, but um, the quality of the lineup this year was just unbelievable. You know, I had my favourites there that, you know, the likes of Bob Wolf and, and the, the, the real estate agents. So is Bob Wolf your favourite? Well, he was one of my favourites. I, mean, I, th- I can't get enough of his energy, John. I think his energy just speaks volumes and it's infectious. And, you know, you relate that back to what we do day to day and when we go around and see people in the offices and even as agents or auctioneers out in the field, people buy energy. Um, so I, I kind of got that from him and the motivation from within. Um, Bob is, you know, in his mature age of his career, he's not kind of just coming through the ranks and he's still got the same Well, he's 64, to be specific. He's 64 and he was the, the first Eric when he was obviously 44 when we started or even a bit less than that because I think it was over 20 years ago. Yeah. And I think you're right because he, he embodies, you know, the concept that energy has no boundaries. It's got nothing to do with gender, age, experience, lack of experience, anything. It, it's around... You know, you're either passionate about what you do, and I think that whilst everyone would have taken a lot of great content, Tom, away from Bob Wolf, I think the thing was he just left you, you know, feeling inspired and excited. And then when he adds to the fact that he's been doing it for nearly 50 years, um, you know, sort of 40-odd years, um, you think, wow, well, you know, he is an example that you don't ever have to feel burned out. This guy, you know, he's just living his dream. So, John, if you were a 65-year-old person... At Eric, thinking to yourself, I'm at the final stages of my career, you would have walked out thinking to yourself, the sky's the limit. Yeah, look, you know, it's funny, and I'm not even sure he's at the, at the final stage of his career. I, I, no, I but he's 60, going for another 10 years. How old is he, John? 60, 64, 64. 64. But, you know, there's no sign the way he presents, and I know he's still working flat out back at, uh, at Los Angeles or at Orange County. I don't think there's any sign. I think that's one of the great things about our industry is, you know, you can work literally as long as you like in this industry. I know Billy Bridges, who, you know, be known to some of our listeners, who was a bit of a legendary, colourful character, or still is in, in the eastern suburbs real estate market. You know, I don't know what age Billy is, but he'd be certainly well into his 80s. And, again, phenomenal performer, puts away, you know, a lot of huge deals and, and uh, you know, sort of really just, again, testament to the fact that you don't have to retire at 65 in this industry. You can keep going as long as you like. So I think that was good. But what about some of the takeaways, Troy? Um, what, what were some of the specific things to either remind our listeners that were there or perhaps things they mightn't have caught? Yeah, he, he did a couple of things, John. And I know we speak about people's why and their goals a lot, but the way that he articulated himself in his presentation around his goals, write it, be specific, and then put a timeline around it, Actually made well, I think also he was very visual, wasn't he? He talked mm. about having, he literally showed the audience a lot of photos of, of things, trips he wants to take or yeah. 
you know, I think it was a vehicle there that he fell in love with and so forth. So he was a very visual guy. Yeah, and simplified everything. You know, he, he mentioned in his presentation as well, you know, what is my main job? My job is to list, sell, delegate and negotiate with buyers and sellers every day. Yeah. So they were very, I mean, it was very simple, his message, but uh, you add that with the energy and his personality and it just was a highlight for me. Um, I think that's the other thing, Troy, because I, I had the, the great pleasure, as a few Australians have, of shadowing Bob over the years. And, you know, I think it's probably going back 15 years. I was, I stayed at his home, which was very nice of him. And, and uh, I spent a few days with him. Um, and some of the others have done that. I think Ricky Rushton's young son, Lachlan's actually over there at the moment on an internship. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got to see, you know, he starts his morning meetings at 6am and the, the particular day while I was there, he had three simultaneous 6am morning meetings, um, which was, you know, kind of fascinating to see. So he arrived at this coffee shop and he told three people, you know, if you really want to see me, I'll be at the coffee shop at 6am the next morning and three people had turned up. One was a mortgage broker from memory, one was a supplier and I, and I can't recall the other one. I think the other one might have wanted a job with him as a buyer specialist. Anyway... You know, it, it showed me, you know, the guy walks his talk, he works really hard, he's got high energy, he's multitasking, and, you know, he, he really, he, he's a great specialist at what he does, and people buy his energy. So not just the audience at Eric, you know, his vendors and his buyers love his energy and his personality, and he's got great character, he's got a fantastic sense of humor. And I think in real estate, sometimes people kind of, you know, they do get caught in the process, which we talk a lot about, but they forget the fact that you need to have personality as well. So you really embodied that. So so um, I don't think, John or Troy, um, anyone could uh, doubt that. Um, I actually said that I thought it was the best presentation that was ever delivered um, at ARIC, um, uh, John, and... You know, it's interesting, and I was thinking about it. I heard some of that content previously from him, but it just goes to show that the way you feel about something and the way that you deliver something and the way how much conviction you've got in something, it still has a hypnotic effect on the person that you're talking to. We'll, we'll think and, about um, a listing presentation, Tom. Same sort of thing that you know people sense how much conviction you've got in what you're saying. So you can deliver the same dialogue as someone who's less committed, who has less belief or, or congruency around what they're saying, and get a very different message. So it's really important to be congruent and believe what you're saying and believe you're the best choice, and have conviction. I think it's a great point. Mm. Um, John, can I ask you, like? Um who, 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 who are you thinking? Who, I mean, and I sat, sat there on the side with you as, as an MC, and I'm watching you taking copious notes. You're either writing things or you're typing away into your mobile phone under notes. Mm -hmm. um, when you look back at some of the notes that you've taken, um, what are the first ones that come to your head? Well, look, a few things. I agree with Troy that you know, Bob Wolf just moved you from being in the same arena as he was, and I think... You know, whilst we're not either single people out, I think there's no doubt that most people that I came across had him as the standout amongst an outstanding group of speakers, the standout. So I think you can take away from that that passion is a huge part of success. You know, at the other end of the scale, I mean, the last speaker on day one, Leonard Steinberg, who had a very different, controlled, calm style. Leonard is the uh, CEO, uh, sorry, the president, I think, mm -hmm. of Compass in New York and, and a prolific um, uh, agent in his own right. 
I also equally love, by the way, Leonard's presentation, which was chalk and cheese to Bob. Bob is huge, high energy. Leonard was quite calm, but he was also very uh, congruent. He, you could tell what he was saying. He lived and he believed in, and and he was kind of interesting in the way, but just a different style. But uh, I, I love Leonard Steinberg's presentation, and a couple of things I got out of it. Number one is he has incredible style. Now, I, I think as an agent, you know, if we're selling lifestyle and we're selling concepts, and he talked a lot about, you know, selling the lifestyle promise of living in a place, not the bricks and mortar, which I think is a mistake a lot of agents make, is, you know, selling the size of the bedroom and, and the view and so forth, rather than talking about the lifestyle that living at that location in that property actually offers you. So I thought that was good. I thought it was very good, actually. The the other thing, um, you know, he, he for principals in the room, he sends out a daily message to the entire organization. Now, his business is much bigger than most of ours. I think he's got, Troy, maybe 40 or 50 offices mm-hmm. now. Um, and, and, you know, I would imagine thousands of agents, you know, a few thousand agents anyway. And, and he sends out every morning a note on what's on his mind, what is he thinking about, what did he learn yesterday. So it really got me thinking and it's got me redesigning my communication plan going forward because I think, wow, you know, a daily message every single morning, what a great way for him and them to start the day. So I really like that. I like the fact that he understood style is important. I like the fact that he talked about, you know, selling the 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 benefits, not just the features of living in a location. And, uh, you know, he was just very, very calm uh, presenter. So it was interesting to see that both for, on me, certainly, both had tremendous impact. And I think the other one, Tom, that really, um, you know, sort of I, I took a lot out of was Chris Voss, who was the FBI negotiation mm. guy that wrote the book uh, Never Split the Difference, who I thought was terrific. And he had some great stories, and, and, you know, we'll try and get some of them through our social media or if we get a chance to splice up some of the videos and offer it to our to our team or, or our audience. It'd be great. But he was, again, I come back to intensity and energy. He, he just had that... You know, I've got to say, no bullshit, very direct, intense, like you knew, and I know he's a negotiator, but if you were dealing with him on a negotiation, and and he happened to deal with hostage negotiations, which are life and death, but if you kind of could take somewhat the direction of his energy into a negotiation, buyers and sellers would both know they're dealing with a professional. And I really liked that about him. So he had lots of good tips, and we, we don't have time today to kind of run through all of those. But I think, you know, just getting the, the energy and feeling that, you know, you were dealing with someone that's, you know, like on their game and is, you know, really you know, very serious about it. And he also talked about bad news, which, you know, obviously in a hostage situation, if you're dealing with parents or loved ones of someone who might be a, a, a hostage, is incredibly bad news, you know, potentially life-threatening bad news far worse than we're ever going to have to deliver but he said you know in terms of bad news you just deliver it there on the spot you just pick the phone up and you get immediately in contact and you not only deliver the bad news but you give them a solution or an update so here's a here's what's happened here's what the hostage taker in his instance is saying here's what i'm going to do next or here's what i recommend and he said he gave people great comfort by them knowing quickly and directly that's the situation, so the status update was important, but then giving them an update or a recommendation on moving forward gave people a lot of comfort. 
So I think in real estate, if we extrapolate that out, you know, bad news sometimes happens, buyers fall over, auction bidders ring and say they're not going to attend, and so forth, you know, when's the best time to deliver that on the spot immediately, and then a recommendation on what are you going to do next. So I, I found he was very good too, and, and again, a, a dissimilar energy to the other two, quite a different energy, but nonetheless impacting. Um, and I've got to say, John, I saw... Um, Chris's boss's uh, theory executed on Saturday by a real estate agent to a vendor. The best buyer hadn't showed up um, at an auction. And um, it was like, go and have a conversation with them before the auction starts. And he went on and he said, hey, so the bad news is, um, I think the name is John. John and Sarah uh, are not registering, so they're not going to be bidding. So here's our strategy for us to maximise today's result. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. um, it was problem, solution, you know? Well, I think um, people expect in, in most major things that happen in their life, yeah, there's sort of a hidden expectation somewhere that there are going to be problems and people hope, you know, in a whole range of things, including selling their property, that it'll go smoothly and seamlessly. But, <clears throat> excuse me, they also know that, it doesn't always. So I think if you go to them and, and you just be very upfront and direct and let them know, and here's what we're going to do, but also give them that feeling that, you know, you're not deflated because sometimes agents, I've heard it, you know, myself, Tom, over the years, as you and Troy would have, you know, they ring out the vendor and say, oh, I can't believe this, but, you know, that buyer that I had and, you know, they're, they're not going to come and I can't believe it. I've been waiting so long to get there. And they kind of almost depress the vendor more than they need to be. I think you say, hey, the buyer that was going to come, just call me at this point. They're not going to attend the auction. Um, I might be able to get convinced them overnight, but at this stage, I think we need to accept that they're not coming. So we hold the auction. Here's what's next. I've got an ad book for next week, so if we don't get it away tomorrow to this or another buyer, we'll be open next Saturday, and you know I'm committed to getting the property sold for you and just give people that level of confidence. So I thought... He, he was very good like that. The the other person, just to mention, Troy, and I know you like this speaker a lot, was Henry uh, Henry yeah. Mason from Trend Watching, and, and he talked about a whole range of trends that are fascinating out there. Not all totally appropriate to real estate, although most of them had a seed that you could replant in the real estate industry. But I think the thing that struck me, Tom, about him was he said, you know, irrespective of what's happening in the real estate industry, people's expectations are now being moulded by what's happening in all array of different service industries including google where you get you know 12 million results in a quarter of a second mm. so mm. if it takes you three days to get a contract to someone or five days to get a key cut and back to them and so forth you know people are really you know because their expectations are now at google speed they're expecting things to happen quickly and to be made quite easy and for you to do the work for them so it's an easy process I think a lot of our industry is still a bit in the dark ages and still thinking, oh, well, you know, we used to take us a week to get a contract out. Now we get it out in two or three days. That's good enough. And my view is, no, it's not. What we need to be doing is getting things out in as close to real time as possible. So, you know, either through technology or through your support system or just through good customer service, I think agents have to be resetting their delivery and their speed based on what's happening, not just in real estate but elsewhere, because uh, that's going to be the agents that win going forward, is the agents that are delivering better results, better service, um, much faster. Because speed is now becoming a real issue. You know, in the old days, people would wait and you'd get a snail mail and it'd take a week and no one would really worry about it. But nowadays, you know, if you say you're going to send something, people start immediately checking their inbox. If it's not there in three or five minutes, 
you know, you're starting to annoy the customer. So I thought, you know, Henry's stories were really good for our industry. Yeah, I always like the one, uh, the Synergy or the, I guess the email one, John, where someone sends you an email and then three minutes later they're calling going, hey, um, I just sent you an email. Have you had a chance to read it yet? And I think the same. Well, they hit send and receive twenty times. Yeah. you know, <laughs> expecting it to come through. Yeah, and spe- uh, the speed so is I think you're one hundred percent right. Yeah, I, I, I'd love people to check. Now, I, I haven't described where our company does to the the trend watching full blown report, which mm. is quite expensive. I think it's a few thousand a year, but I still think it's well worth it. But there is there is great stuff and content that is not expensive or in fact free on their website. So. Um, I think it's trend watching. Is that right, Troy? Yeah, trend watching. Uh, trend watching. Yeah. Probably dot com, but just go and Google trend watching and and, and check out what they're doing because it's very interesting. Tom, what he has is three thousand trend spotters around the world who mm. are kind of like his little army of people looking for trends. And you know, whenever they're spotting trends that are happening in a whole array of different continents, countries, and and industries. Um, they're reporting, so I thought that was really good, and, and he was uh, he was a great presenter, also, you know, very personable. Used, yeah, John, he used that example in China of, uh, and I hope I get the pronunciation right, Didi Chuxing, uh, which is the. No, it's totally wrong. But yeah, probably. Didi, I think that's <laughs> Didi Xing or something. But yeah, yeah, mine wasn't exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> which Didi is Chuxing. which is around um, instead of the Uber uh, of China, they actually you can sell your car, but instead of having. Uh, the car and test driven once, you can actually get a salesperson to use it as an Uber vehicle that picks up the person looking to buy it and they get the experience of a, a full-blown trip. Uh, so it's just a modern take on uh, the personalization of a car sale and an Uber experience as one. And I just thought... Well, it opens up your mind as yeah. to what's happening. I mean, I, I, I speak a bit occasionally about, you know, what's happening in Airbnb and I think our industry, anyone that's listening to this that isn't getting tapped into the Airbnb... Because, uh, you know, Australia is one of the largest intakes in the world. In fact, Tamarama Beach, I understand, is the largest per capita, um, percentage-wise, uh, users of Airbnb anywhere in the world. I, I think Nigel uh, from REA said mm. that uh, 20% of properties in Tamarama and Sydney um, have been or are Airbnb customers, which is a higher percentage of homes than any other suburb in the world. So as an agent in the industry, you know, firstly, we need to be looking at providing that as a service because a lot of those properties, people want you know, agents to manage them or someone to manage them. So I think there is a real business opportunity there. The other thing is you know, the opportunity when you're selling property, especially in um, either beachside or getaway type areas, yeah, for a lot of people that use it and they're trying to struggle with, you know, can I afford this? You know, well, nowadays you can live in it for, you know, 35, 40 weeks a year and you can put it to Airbnb for a dozen weeks a year. And probably a friend of mine's doing that in Melbourne and she's getting 50000 a year for a property, uh, which is worth about 600000 and she's using it most of the year herself, but she's also renting it out for, you know, a few hundred dollars a night when she's not using it. And just so as an industry, we need to be really across this. So, you know, check out trend watching, see what's happening in Airbnb, because whether you get involved with it or not, you know, you need to be across it as an industry. Yeah, I think in summary there for the real estate listeners, they've got to accept that the consumer of 2017 is time poor, socially media savvy, they know the price of everything, and you need to understand that if they're whinging about waiting for five minutes for an Uber to show up, mm. that they're going to be upset yeah. if you're wasting three hours to get back to them if they've called you. It's just 
they're being trained by other industries and I think that this is, uh, guys, a golden opportunity that uh, agents that jump on and understand and they begin to think like this new consumer are going to have a huge competitive advantage. So well yeah, done, Henry correct. Mason. One of the best talkers on talking about, you know, um, uh, disruption and the way consumers think. I thought he was outstanding. And, and before we finish, I know, um, Tom, that you had, I think it was a question or an email or from someone they're talking about, you know, they were overwhelmed, which is a good problem, by the way. They were overwhelmed with new ideas from Eric and to a point where uh, you know, I think they were almost sort of, um, you know, feeling, what do I do next? And a bit panicked and, and they sort of asked, could we address that? <clears throat> which I think is a good thing, but you know, firstly, what a great problem to have a notebook full of ideas. My first comment, Troy, would be that if you sat through Eric and you have a notebook and you have a hundred pages of ideas, well, you probably wouldn't have a hundred, but you might have, you know, 40 or 50. Um, that's a great problem because most of those ideas you will use at some point in the future, even if you don't have a, an absolute plan immediately to use them. You know, things are amazing that our brain will just, you know, retrieve things and ideas and statistics. So, I wouldn't sweat too much about it, but I would try and bring it down to a very short focused list of what are the five must-do ideas off the back of Eric, and then maybe there's another five or ten that you'll have in reserve. But you know, of all your notes and your 10, 20, 30 page of notes, what are the things that you think will have the greatest impact um, and make it you know, better for you to grow your business? So I think it's just a matter of curation and, and uh, just accepting that all the good ideas will be useful at some point, but what are the five you're going to do? And hopefully you've actually started doing them by now because I've always had a theory that if you don't start straight after the conference, you know, the longer it goes post the event, the less likely you are to, to use the ideas. So I think if you haven't started really meaningful way implementing your ideas from Eric, you've got to start straight away because otherwise we next to Eric and we'll say, God, we learned some good stuff last year, but we never implemented it, which would be a pity. Mm. Guys, um, can I just say most of my real estate gym members were at Eric um, and John and Troy, if I can, I'm just going to just do a very small plug. I'm actually doing a 30-day execution plan for all my um, gym members um, and Susan knew that I was going to be on this podcast today and she said, look, um, let people know and let them know that if they're not a member, she's opened, like I opened the door January and June, July, and she says, I'll open them up early now, knowing that I'm having this podcast. So can I just give that small plug? If you want a 30-day uh, plug, and I'm also dissecting John Gary Vee's um, interview, which we didn't touch on, um, which i got to tell you, I actually, like I hadn't actually seen the interview until because I'd been in, I went to do the interview and then I came back and then I went overseas to London and Greece and I actually only saw it at Eric. But guys, I've got to tell you, this comment about being your being a media company that really resonated with me and a lot of people. Yeah. Um, um, and the fact you know he just talks like I, I actually think Gary V talks a language that we talk. We we use the term or John, you use the term ruthlessly eliminate excuses. He uses the term whinging has zero value. He actually said. The only people that are going to care about it is your mum and you'll lose a girlfriend where he's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. But the thing about Gary V, Tom and John that I absolutely love is he doesn't, he's not trying to get anyone to recreate the wheel. He's saying be you and just document what you do. 
And now we're very fortunate in the industry that we work, we get to do some interesting stuff. We get to see beautiful houses, we get to talk to people, we get to do a lot of stuff where we can just document it. Um, we also always have a nice smartphone that we can pull out at any time and start recording stuff. And whether that be an auction or an open for inspection or, you know, the beautiful facade of a house, there's so many elements. It's not like we're locked into an office and we're just looking at numbers or spreadsheets all day. So this learnings from Gary V is very easy for our industry to implement it. Um, the surprising thing is that even he said in his video that 98% probably won't. Um, so it's just that. It's about that. Just start. Just start and see where it goes. Uh, I think we're going to share that video at some point, aren't we? We are. Your we are. Gym members, so. I'm going to go get to gym members. We're going to we're going to give snippets out in the next few weeks, and then we're going to get out the the um, the whole video. Um, you know, he was um, like, um, uh, he was an outstanding. I, I I think he talks the language that we want um, our people. Actually, that when I use the language, I shouldn't use the actual the, the language being. Um, some of the F words he actually uses. Uh, I'm not saying that language. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm, 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 I'm talking about the language of success he uses. And yeah. um, but Tom, amazing credit to him that at a live event, or you and him, by the way, you did a great interview at a live event where there were some phenomenal world class speakers. I, I think that probably after Bob Wolf, I haven't seen statistics on this, Troy, but I would say that that video interview would have highly rated, if not second, maybe second or third, but probably second, and not far behind Bob Wolf. So to have actually, you guys had, um, you know, a couple of weeks before an interview uh, overseas and then bring it back and put it on the screen and to captivate the audience like that, that that speaks, you know, loads for both of you, but certainly the, the content that he was putting out. I think you asked one question, he went for 45 minutes, didn't he? <laughs> well, I think... I think it was interesting because at the end of it, he looked at me, John, and um, he said, mate, I think we nailed this. And we looked at the piece, he goes, have we missed any questions? I said, we actually haven't answered any. <laughs> oh, what a character. But again, energy, you know, he really, he, you know, he talks, of, well, he doesn't talk, but he walks the whole energy thing and, and that just gets people excited. So, uh, you know. Let's at very least take energy away from this. Let's say that, you know, it's not all about that, you know, really high, high Bob Wolf, Gary Vee energy necessarily because you've got guys like Steinberg and Voss that were incredibly impactful with a different type of energy. In fact, I think for, for our listeners, Tom, you know, it's like really having both energies. It's the soft and the hard and the, and the strong energy and the calmer energy and being able to sort of call upon the right energy for the right situation. I think is really key. So, yeah, that's exciting. And then just, you know, prioritise your list. You know, don't get overwhelmed. It's an, it was an exciting event. Just, you know, what are your top five takeaways? Start implementing them and, and see how you go. And then uh, we can continue from there. But uh, that's probably a good summary wrap, Troy, of, of Eric this year. Yeah, outstanding. And we didn't get to mention everyone. Like, I'm looking at my notes here and I'm thinking the local agents, we've got so many more things that we, we can probably cover awesome. in the next couple of episodes as well. Well, yeah, so every we won't, but we could. It was so good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Every Australian and New Zealand speaker that was a local real estate agent speaker did an amazing job, and I know most are listening to this podcast. So thank you. Um, did and, the Kiwis uh, do a fantastic job? Yeah, outstanding. James outstanding. Kerr and uh, and their speakers. Yeah, we're, we're, the, we're New Zealand, to, the New Zealand real estate David market King. is world class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, thanks. Um, again, gentlemen, it's good to be uh, catching up after uh, that three-week break. It was good to actually uh, see you in person last week at ARIC. And um, 
I want to thank realestate.com.au, who, of course, are sponsors of our podcast. And, uh, Troy, congratulations on whatever you've done to get a million <laughs> times people to hear. Thank you. Hey, it's Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm. You've done a million times that's been heard. Hopefully, it's been a million different people. Um, <laughs> so. Keep hitting it, Troy. We've got to get to that two million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only way. <laughs> yeah, look forward to it. But it's been fun. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to anyone. Thank you to, your listen- to our listeners for listening to us a million times over the last three and a half years. And can you believe it's been three and, and a half three years, and a half. John? Tom, can you believe it's been that believe. long? 6th of November 2013, we started this little thing called a podcast. I know, I know. It's very, very exciting. So, Well, I, I, I just think it reinforces that we live in a content world and, you know, Gary V said, do a podcast, do a video blog, write a text document, double down on your strengths. I don't even know whether it's our strengths, but we just do it, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> So, gang, on that point, I look forward to catching up with you next week. See you, guys. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.